Welcome to the Asbury Park Vibes podcast. Asbury Park Vibes is dedicated to sharing information about the live music scene in the Asbury Park area, as well as the bands who've traveled through. Asbury Park Vibes can be found on the web at asburyparkvibes.com, where you will find music reviews, photographs, and interviews of the music we find engaging, interesting, and enjoyable. We thank you for tuning in, downloading, or just stumbling upon our podcast. going well how are you guys good. good what's that on your face justin <laughs> so i i grew a beard um i for quarantine <laughs> and then i uh, i just shaved and i left a mustache this is actually the only second day that i had it i'm not gonna keep it everybody this is doug drescher from asbury park vibes this is my little section of heaven called seen and heard and i'm very excited to introduce uh, an asbury park band that i'm sure you know of everybody welcome two-thirds of dentist hello, hello. and we have the borneman family uh, did i pronounce that correctly yes uh, that's uh, phonetic spelling is good so uh <laughs> Just to start off with, it's the question that you've probably been asked most often in your in your careers, uh, and then we'll try to talk about the questions that people don't ask is, where the hell did you get the name from? Saw that coming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the thing is, is that we, we don't have a, a good answer for that. We were just, when we, when we were first like writing songs and stuff, we were just saying random things. And one of the things we said, we don't even remember who said it, if it was me or if it was Emily, but one of us said dentist, and we thought it was funny uh, for whatever reason. It's just funny. Yeah. <laughs> but it's also morphed into dentist parentheses, the band. So when right. people look for you. Yes. Yeah, just, just so people don't con get confused. One of, one of the things I noticed is if it says like, like if you look up Interpol, and you go to their Wikipedia page, there's going to be something else for Interpol because it's, because uh, whatever. So it'll be, it'll be like Interpol band. And it, it, it does that for anything that has more than one Wikipedia page. So that's where it came from initially. I just started saying dentist band. Well, there you go. I thought we'd get the most obvious one out of the way for the, for the people who are just too afraid to ask. 
So uh, <laughs> we've been locked out uh, now for what feels like both an eternity and a minute. Uh, what have you guys been up to? You, uh, in sharing the same last name uh, and not looking alike, so we're certainly assuming that you're married, and anybody who knows you guys know that you are married. You don't um, think we look alike? I, I, I like her mustache a little bit more than yours, to be honest with you. <laughs> so what, what, when you're not in the lockdown, you're a very active band. You, you're always playing. You, you do some solo shows. Uh, you have an active professional career, I know. Uh, Justin, you do, you do the guitar lessons. Emily, I see you at a number of different venues all the time or, or at, uh, the, at the Saint as the bouncer. Uh, yeah. <laughs> how do you how how have you shifted gears so suddenly to this sort of sedentary lifestyle where you're not producing openly the way that you had been? Um, just doing my best to stop the feeling deep down inside, so I don't think about it too much. Have you been writing uh, a lot of? Are are you finding this a good time? Are you feeling creative during this time? I find this. I find this time off sort of almost oppressive in many ways. Have you been able to sit down and write or come up with different ideas? Yeah, a little bit. It, it's certainly hard to be creative when all you do is sit in your house all day. Yeah. It's not like very inspiring. It, it jumps back and forth. Like we've, like we've written music and sometimes it feels like still doing stuff, still writing music and other times it feels like I, I, I don't know, like it's not the same purpose behind it that you would have otherwise, I guess, or I don't know. We're, we're still in some music, though. But do you, do you find that when you're working for a specific purpose or deadline, it's like you can get it done faster than having this open end that you're not sure when you're going to be able to perform again? Yes. Well, yeah, because we, um, we had a deadline to release our next record by the fall and tour on it. And obviously touring's not gonna happen anytime soon. And so since we don't have that deadline anymore, it's slowly teetering. Yeah. It takes away a sense of the motivation and, and stuff. So you know, we we've still written music anyways, and I think we would write music no matter what, because we enjoy writing music, but it's um there's an element missing. Yeah, there's like a sense of purpose there that's missing it's like without a deadline it could always be done tomorrow yes. right. yeah so queen like of procrast uh, procrastination so do you have cats in your house to keep you occupied as well cool. and who is that yep this is dolce and now is there a, a gabbana somewhere or <laughs> uh, there's a joel uh, no cabana. Okay. So according to your website, you guys started playing, uh, started playing together around 2013, which is, you know, at this point, pretty long ago. Um, and, and people describe your music as a little sort of surfy, a little sort of buzzy, you know, danceable. Uh, was that what your intent was when you first started out to, to have that jangly sound or when you started out, did you have a different idea of where you might end up and, and how have you landed to where you are now? When, yeah, I think um, the reason Dentist started was because we were really inspired by waves in Best Coast and the California surf garage sound. 
And uh, there weren't many people doing it um, in this area at the time. So we wanted to try and bring the West Coast to the East Coast a little bit. So yeah, it was always the attention to be a little surfy. And for a while, you guys yeah. were a, a four-piece too. So, and you've pared down to a three-piece. And, and we're Emily, actually you, a five-piece at one point. Really? I didn't. So what made up the five-piece of the band? Uh, we had a keyboard player. Okay. And and so you've yeah. shed some of that, and and Emily, you've switched over to the Mustang bass, which is which is a pretty cool bass. Um, Thank you. What was it like taking the bigger sound of a of a five piece and try to keep that melody and and those interlocking themes of the different parts of the music together, and then pair that down to a three piece? I always felt like it was we had a lot of unnecessary extra sounds. I like the, uh, the smaller we got, I thought the better it sounded for what we were trying to produce. Yeah, it leaves, it leaves open spaces to allow for um, uh, just more room for melody and for, uh, but still we figured out a way to have our dynamics, um, you know, be pretty, um, you know, can get really quiet and still get really loud as a, as a three piece. So we've, we had to change the way that we, that we were playing to adapt to the sound, but most most people prefer us as a three piece, so we just decided to stay. And it's definitely easier as far as scheduling things and all that. <laughs> well, I and I and I think also when you move to the three piece, I'm I'm under the impression you had to recruit a new drummer, and that's where Matt comes in. Yeah. Uh, but certainly his drumming fills out the sound that probably was filled up with a little different clutter. I think his, his drumming is always very spot on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's a, he's really good at filling up the spaces and creating dynamics in that way. Um, but we all try to do a, a little, our little parts to make it sound fuller. How was it, how was it transitioning from guitar and singing to bass playing? Were, were you, in, were you accomplished at the bass before you switched over or was that a necessity and then you had to sort of get up to speed with that? So um, the only experience that I had with the bass before that was I did a uh, New Year's Eve at the Stone Pony uh, doing the Pixies. So that's when I learned to play the bass and sing. Um, but then right before we went on tour across Canada, um, our bass player and drummer quit. So um, I just picked up the bass and learned how to play across Canada, basically. And I enjoy it so much more than the guitar, actually. And why, I, I have to ask, why is that? I feel like I'm at more part of the music. Like um, before I was just doing rhythm guitar and uh, it filled up the sound a little bit, but now I actually feel like I'm part of the music, if that makes sense. The, the vocals, and, and your vocal style takes a fair amount of concentration because it's very melodic. And, and I think you like to be very, very subtle and precise in, in the vocal part. And to switch instruments like that, that must have been some, a transition that took a little while for you to just feel comfortable. Yes. Well, there's actually some dentist songs um, that I can't play it because I can't do the vocal melody over the bass line. So, you know, I'm still learning. It was very much a trial by fire situation because like, like we said, we had the tour booked in Canada 
already. And then um, we kind of had no choice at that point because the band we were touring with, uh, the drummer agreed to play drums, drums with us for the tour. So we just kind of got it together right before the tour. And I, I think the first, the first show we played, how nervous were you? <laughs> it, it's almost like being in high school and doing the talent show and just hoping that you could pull it off, right? Yeah. yeah. That was basically, for like the first five shows, I was like, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> but having to do it 30 days in a row or whatever is definitely a good way to practice. Yeah. It, it gets, did you tell the audience about the scenario or are you just hoping they didn't notice? Um, sometimes. Uh, but yeah, most of the time I was just hoping that they, were, they didn't even notice. Luckily, most audiences can't tell even when a, a, you know, a performer makes a mistake. They think that you're doing it the way it's supposed to be done, so it's easy to do that. Yeah, um, and I would say definitely like 99% of the crowd has never even heard us before. So They could be just like this band's really avant-garde with what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, well, it's interesting that you bring up that when you go on tour, uh, you're, you're not as well-known. What's it like... Let me back up a little bit. Asbury Park has this bubble to it in many ways where you could be really famous in Asbury Park and, and achieve a certain level of Asbury Park fame where everybody knows that you guys are the band dentist. And, and that, mm -hmm. that, must be so, that must be really cool to be able to go – and welcome to my dog. That must be really cool to be able to be you know, in that scenario – What's it like when you leave the Asbury Park area and you sort of you have to sort of uh, build up an audience while on the road and get people to come out to shows who have no idea who you are? Oh, I love that. That's like one of my favorite parts uh, about touring is playing the people who have no idea who we are and then making new fans. And that feels pretty good. Yeah. And then it's very gratifying when you see that these fans, you know, keep following you and they interact with you on and then when we social go out media, again, they're, yeah. they're at the show, you know. And, and that social media piece that, I mean, that's something relatively new for touring bands. That's something that you were really on top of. And one of the highlights I had last summer when you were on tour was watching your impromptu uh, live YouTube uh, sort of name a song and we'll play it. And then you would stop and banter for 20 minutes, drink until you were sort of tipsy and then try to play another song. And yeah. that's, that's a real gentle side to a touring band and also probably keeps you from going stir crazy. Yes. Yep. <laughs> All that. <laughs> uh, two of the things that, that I, from my perspective that you're really associated with, and, and I'd love to know how you got associated with both of them is you're very close with, uh, uh, cool Dad Music. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I'd say a fair amount of your t-shirt wardrobe has their logo on it. And you're also very closely associated with The Saint. Mm -hmm. How did you end up working with Cool Dad Music and, and Jim and what he was up to? Uh, and then after that, how did you become so closely associated with, uh, with The Saint? Jim, Jim was one of the first people that really supported us. And, you know, we would see uh, that he, he wrote about us a few times. I think it was the Bow Wow Wow show we met him, right? Uh, yes. Yeah, we, uh, we opened for Bow Wow Wow um, at the Brighton Bar, and that's when we met him. And um, we just clicked as friends, and I 
to this day, I still, I really admire what he does because he's still doing it. He's been yeah. doing it for five or six years and he's just going to shows and writing about them and taking photos and it's pretty incredible. Yeah, he's very, he's very passionate about music and uh, yeah, and like Emily said, he's, I th he's a very uh, important um, voice, I think, in the, in the Asbury scene. So it's, it's cool to have someone like that and yeah, and we've become good friends from him doing it, but it's just like every scene has their people that are, that are doing that side of it and you know, so you gotta, support those local outlets that are doing great things for your scene. And, and he has, and he was able to share connections that he had made with you as a band as well, I'd imagine. Jim, Jim has done so many favors for us as far as like taking pictures of us, uh, shooting videos for us, premiering stuff, premiering stuff, writing, writing about us. You know, he, so he's done a lot of stuff uh, to help us, you know, but he, he's local like we are. So he has a lot of the same connections we do, but He's he's done he's done so many things to to help us you know so no, no, he's, I I think he should write a book because his knowledge of all the different intricacies of the Asbury Park scene I mean he's a real he knows his stuff and and then I've seen you in a few different venues and 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 from my perspective you seem most comfortable in the Saint how, how did you uh, how did you start becoming so closely assigned with the Saint. I feel like uh, the Saint is just one of those places that if you are a band in New Jersey, you play there more than anywhere else. So you get very comfortable playing there. And um, I know Justin's been playing there since he was... Yeah, the, with the first show I ever played there, um, you know, I was a teenager. And, and a lot of people have that, that same experience. Our, our drummer, Matt, has the same experience. He's played there since he was younger than it. Yeah, I think he's played there when he was like 12 or something. So it's, and you played there when you were 17. 17 so a while ago. yeah, we've all, we've all, I mean, that's one of the few spots in the area where you can do something like that, where you can be underage and play a show there. So we've all known it for forever. But, um, but yeah, also ever since I can, Ever since I could drink, it's it's one of the the bars that I've been at the most. Just like you know, we used to always just go there all the time, just just to hang out and and see who was the local band or the local bands that were playing, or like even going there on a Wednesday night and checking out whoever's touring. Um, and then Emily started working there, and then even more so, we would just find ourselves there. And it seems like on any night, there's something cool going on there. Mm -hmm. uh, some of the best uh, shows I've seen were just a random night going to the Saint and then being blown away by like a touring band. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think, uh, am I mistaken that one of the, one of the shows I really enjoyed, uh, uh, you played with the rock and roll high fives and a giant dog, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. I, that was a, it was a sweaty night, but that was a really good night of very intense music. It was yeah. so packed that night. It was like yeah, so, so much fun and just yeah, yeah. We, yeah, that was a great night. And we we were fortunate enough that the last show that we got to play, um, the the girl from a giant dog, she has a another band with Harmar Superstar. Uh, so the same type of deal. That show was was also just as just as much fun and. 
Yeah, it's all it, we're totally bummed that we can't play shows right now. But you know, you got to be thankful where you can be thankful. And luckily, luckily, the last show that we played was very close to when quarantine, when all this started to happen. It was it was like the weekend before everything started to happen, and um, and at least we got to go out on like a super fun show. Sure. One of the interesting parts of that show, apart from the music, was the fact that the bands were all fronted by very strong female performers. And it was really great to have those bands fronted by female performers without, without it being brought to sort of that base level. It wasn't overly sexualized. They weren't, you know, they weren't dressed up in provocatively as sort of candy, but they were singer songwriters who, who were women who took on a very strong role as being in front of the band. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a very cool night. Yeah, but, so, but also to, to, to take a step back, the, uh, the Giant Dog show, um, that was so amazing too because we, we had been listening to them uh, so much. Like, like uh, on the tour we were on right before that happened, we had been listening to them so much. Uh, so it was amazing to see a band that we like so much right at, in such an intimate setting at the same I think that's one of the really great things about The Saint is, you know, there's no bad place to be, and, and it's a very intimate setting. By the way, my daughter loves your band. She wears your shirt all the time. And uh, it was funny. Oh, nice. I ran into my nephew at one of your shows who lives up in Fairlawn, and, and I was like, Josh, what are you doing here? And he's like, oh, I love this band Dentist. I came to see him. I'm like, I know those guys. That's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> I love hearing stuff like that. That's very- it's it's interesting. Uh, I I would imagine with Spotify and YouTube and Facebook, you could be out places and people will know who you are that you would have never expected to know who you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that definitely happens. Yeah, it's it's really wild um, too because for some reason um, Spotify uh, playlisted one of our songs. I'm not sure why. So it got like a lot of listens. And then the tour after that, we actually started seeing people that knew who we were <laughs> at our shows. So yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. Bandcamp uh, did that thing where they pressed for, for or they were giving all of their um, money to, to the bands. So, yeah, it's very gratifying. Um, you know, we had to sell out this, uh, mail out some shirts and records and stuff, but you know, we were supposed to mail some to some different countries. So it's, it's awesome to see like people from different countries that want to, you know, buy your stuff or whatever. It's funny. I was talking uh, with Doug from the Van Zaders who was saying that for some reason they're very popular in Brazil and he doesn't know why they get so much activity from Brazil, but somehow a Spotify playlist from Brazil was was posted and they're really popular in brazil it's just a small bizarre world (laughs) um yeah we have uh, this weird following in germany yeah there's this one radio station in germany called das radio and we always we always joke about it and we're like oh dentist on das radio but um uh but yeah they were just playing our song like a ridiculous amount of times and uh so oh, it's maybe that's what happened with the Vansaders and Brazil. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, no, so that's you just these weird uh, pockets of things like that. It, it, would you consider when you're allowed to? Would you go out to Germany and tour Europe if you could, or or see what the Germany's about? Absolutely. That, 
that's like on the uh, bucket list, if you will, of things to do. We were we'd really like to tour internationally. So you you released you you released uh, Night Swimming in 2018 on Cleopatra. Uh, are you still with Cleopatra Records, or how does that work when you release an album with with a uh, with a label? Uh, we are currently still with Cleopatra Records. Yeah, we like we said we were um, supposed to do our next release in October, and we had talked to them, and they were all on board with with uh, doing it. So uh, you know, now everything's on hold. So. Hopefully, all hopefully. I mean, I imagine that it's a tough time for labels too, and hopefully, you know, all the all these labels that we like a lot, everybody pulls through okay. But you know, every everything's so uncertain now, so we'll we'll see what happens once uh, things hopefully sure. start to go back to normal. I thought it was interesting. I know the label Cleopatra from all of the goth albums that they've released over the years, and when I saw your name on the roster. I was like, wow, that's really interesting. Could there be another band named Dentist who wears black eyeliner and wears a lot of leather that plays on the band too? Uh, how did you meet Cleopatra and how did you end up uh, signing with them? They just... Um... I think they were looking to uh, sign a band that sounded like us, like trying to get into the indie market a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And um, we, we got like a... It was like a bid... Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, we definitely met online. We didn't like meet them in in person or anything. But I think um, I think their A and R person was was looking for a band that sounded like us. And we applied. Yeah, <laughs> that's fantastic. Uh, now, before I ask you to uh, play a song, I have some geek questions for you, Justin. You play a GNL uh, Telecaster. Why that as opposed to just a regular Fender Telecaster? What's so special about the GNL one that you play? Because when when Russo's first opened, um, I, uh, Russo's in Asbury Park, uh, for anyone who doesn't know. But when Ru Russo's first opened, uh, I was uh, I was friends with um, the person who opened it, uh, Scott, and I wanted to support the store. And at the time, I needed an electric guitar. And they didn't they didn't sell fenders when they first opened, but they did have GNLs, and I tried it and and I really liked it, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to buy a GNL. So it was basically basically just a random circumstance, but I ended up uh, really loving that guitar. So I, I I play it almost all the time. It's a gorgeous sounding instrument. So uh, now that we're set up, uh, what song would you like to to uh, to offer us this evening? Um, we're going to do a body slam move.
Absolutely wonderful. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you. You know, Emily, my, my question is, especially when you were starting out, you have such a beautifully subtle voice. When, you, when you're playing and the PA can't keep up with what you needed to do, how do you, how do you keep up with a guitar player and a drummer and the bass and make sure that your voice comes through when the PA isn't up to par? Um, I feel like most of the time my voice just doesn't come through. And that's, that's that, um, which is what's really nice about playing, uh, places like the Saint or even like House of Independence. Um, cause no matter what, you know, my voice is going to cut through, but it, it, it is a little rough. Uh, you know, it's been used at, um, your sound system. It, it depends a lot on the sound check that you get as well. Uh, true. So, so, so when we're on, when we're on tour and stuff, um, you get a sound check every single night because you got to get to the venue by like a very early time. Like sometimes as early as like four o'clock in the afternoon or something, or probably sometimes even earlier than that. But um, that, that always helps is if you get a sound check, there's a good chance you're going to sound better. And a good sound guy. Too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I would agree. A good sound guy could, could make even the worst PA uh, help out a little bit. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I've seen it done. <laughs> you were, uh, you got to go to South by Southwest a few years back in 2018, and it seemed like you got excellent reviews and some really good uh, promotion from that. What what was that like stepping into such a huge sort of machine like South by Southwest and and sort of stepping out and and and, and sort of claiming the territory that you know belongs to you? I I mean, doing something like South by Southwest is so. Um, up my alley like I love the the frenzy of it the uh, shows going on everywhere all the time getting from show to show to show to show yeah and it was just in our in our case that the that year um, of 2018 we were uh, the good stuff that felt that had that happened because of it was all very random it just fell in our lap so we were uh, very just, fortunate. Yeah, we just played a show and the right person was there. Yeah, that was it. Which is awesome that something like that can happen at South by Southwest. That's, I guess, that's part of the charm is that you never know who's going to be there when you play a show. But it, but isn't that also part of the idea that even if you're on the road and it's raining and snowing and there's six people in the audience, you never know who's in the audience, so they always deserve your best performance. Yeah. I mean, I just. I love performing. That's why this <laughs> this is really hard. Um, but I just absolutely love performing. I no. love giving it all my all. Even if I'm like, I we played a show recently. I, I don't know how recently, but I had food poisoning that day, and I still got on there and like I always want to give 100. I always want to give my best show no matter what. So when the two of you were you know little, 10, 11, is is this what you wanted to do? Did you always know you wanted to perform? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. As long yeah, as I can remember, I wanted to go on tour. At least that's what my mom says anyway. So when I was a little girl, that's what I wanted to do. Were, were you always singing something or performing in front of the invisible audience? Yes. I, I used to write songs about the cats and, you know, stuff. <laughs> it's like, as long as I can remember, I've been doing it. So. And Justin, were you, uh, who were your guitar heroes uh, when you were younger? Um, 
That's a good question. I guess um, I, I really like, um, let me think. I like, I like, well, I like Nick Zinner a lot from the AES. He's inspired the way that I play in dentists for sure. Um, you know, growing up, I really loved uh, the Beatles. They were, they were one of my favorite things to listen to when I was like a, a child. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm not a, who else do I, I'm sure I've said this to you before, I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Well, well, I guess in the same vein, collectively, were your parents supportive of the idea that you weren't going to be attorneys and accountants and pediatricians and that you were going to pursue a, a career in music and music performance? How did, how did your parents take all that? Uh, my parents are very, very supportive of the art. Um, they always tell me how proud they are of me, of how far I've come doing this. I mean, and, you know, they... My brother is a professional musician too, um, so they, you know. Both both our dads are, are musicians, so my both our dads play guitar. Do they know and, each other? Uh, do do your families know each other from way back, or is it just a coincidence that you both come from musical families? Just coincidence, but it helps us get along because we had very similar upbringings in that. So. Um, I guess the, the next obvious question is, uh, what's next? At some point, we're going to be allowed to do something. Uh, you have an album on the back burner and a tour planned in your head. Uh, what's next for Dentist, and, and where do you think you'll be able to be in the next year or two? Hopefully putting out that record and touring. Yeah. We, we were supposed to be in the studio... I guess at the at the um, start of April, I think we were supposed to go into the studio. Um, so we have we have over the half the album written, and we were going to go into the studio with, with what we have, and then finish it up um, through the process of being of being at the studio. So we're kind of still in the same place that we were because um, we haven't been uh, like really rehearsing since uh, the quarantine started. So. We'll, uh, we'll, yeah, I guess the plan is to pick up where we left off when we can and, you know, hopefully some good stuff will come out of it. Maybe we'll end up writing better songs or something. I don't know. Do you maintain a little studio computer recording setup at home for demos and things? Yeah. Yeah. And like I said before, we have recorded and demoed some stuff, but. Yeah. We got GarageBand. <laughs> the, I, I think GarageBand is. It's almost like you can have the uh, the capability of a small version of Abbey Road Studios in any living room that has a microphone and a breakout box. It's a fantastic yeah. time to record. It's such a cool thing that comes with a computer. <laughs> yeah. So you're doing a really cool thing online, I guess, to, to sort of raise some funds to continue on. Uh, people are... You're, you're offering for a small donation that you will cover any song that someone who purchases your musical expertise to do. Uh, has there been a decent reaction to that and getting a dentist to do some bizarre covers? Um, we're, we're going to do uh, four covers. Um, we, we actually, we actually didn't ask for a donation. If it, 
if when we actually do this, we 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 will put up like our like a Venmo link if people wanted to donate sure. while we do it. But it was it's it's more it's we're hoping that we can do something that other people enjoy, and it's also for our own enjoyment. Like we need we need activities to keep us occupied. Sure. So we 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 just put it out there that hey, if you suggest a cover song, we're definitely going to pick at least four of them and do it. And, and yeah, we've had a ton of people suggest stuff. So now, now the problem is narrowing it down and deciding what we want to do. So uh, what are the four that you think you're going to do? Hmm. Um, I would say probably definitely Island in the Sun by uh, We have a fan who requests that all the time. And uh, he requested it again. So we'd really like to do that for him. Um, <laughs> we're, we're, we're trying to... To maybe uh, it depends on the approach that that we end up taking. If we're trying to satisfy as many people as possible, then we have to pick what got the the things that kept coming up. So a lot of people kept saying Blondie. A lot oh. of people said the cure. A lot of people said the cure. So so it'll probably be like a Blondie and the Cure. And well, that's interesting. I could I can see you taking a Cure song and make it dentist ish i think that's what what was one of the more bizarre ones that you paused and thought about doing but then you're like no it's it, that's not gonna happen <laughs> um let me think because did anyone make you think that a, a lot of people suggested and this is the other problem is uh, i guess a lot of people <laughs> that suggested things have obscure things in mind so there's so many songs that we didn't even know that we need to listen to yeah we have a lot we have a lot of homework to do on this one i i i my first thought would have been to ask you to do the iron butterfly in agata devita and and see what you can okay. come up with that that's a good idea uh i i i the the weirdest thing that i could think of offhand that someone suggested that uh wouldn't work was someone someone said like an ACDC song um so i couldn't picture that but uh <laughs> most of the people who suggested things it seems like yeah they they just thought about what would be what would dentists do well at, so well i i'd imagine there's any number of like dylan love songs i mean his catalog of songs to uh you know, the, the women he wrote his love songs to could be very easily morphed into the way that Emily sings and you play the guitar. Mm -hmm. But that may be too easy as opposed to doing something like in Agata de Vida or in the Court of the Kins, uh, Crimson King if you really wanted to go far out. Um, yeah, I, I, I would say at least one of the songs is going to be a bit of a challenge, something challenging. Yeah, let's, let's say this. We'll pick... Something really weird you wouldn't expect. Something that was mentioned over and over again. And maybe just something we want to do. An island in the sun. An island in the sun because we feel <laughs> obligated at this point. Oh, that's too funny. <laughs> so if you could pick any band from, say, the last, uh, just from the rock and roll catalog, any band on the planet, alive or dead, retired or not, who would be the band that you would love to be on the stage with or, or to open for in a big arena? Who, who is the dream that you'd be like, wow, that would be really cool? Yeah. 
Um, that's a good question. That's a good question. There's so many bands that to, that to play a show with them would just be like, couldn't even fathom what that would feel like. But uh, pr probably like th things that I've liked for a really long time uh, since I was a kid. So maybe like Green Day or um, Weezer or even something uh, not as old like The Strokes or something like that. Emily? I mean, the Beatles, that would be ridiculous, but... <laughs> I, I, I would have to go with Green Day, um, Modest Mouse. Yeah, Modest Mouse would be amazing. Um, I could see you opening for Tom Waits. I, I'd see a very similar sort of ethic and, and the sound that you uh, make. I, your, your, your songs tell a certain story that's also very interesting as well. Well, I would love to meet Tom Waits, so that would be cool too. <laughs> so I'm I'm gonna go online, and other than Jersey Girl, I'm gonna request you guys look into the Tom Waits catalog and pick something out for your dentist covers music that you might enjoy. Because yeah, uh, I mean, suggest a few songs. We'll listen to them. For sure. <laughs> well, guys, thank you uh, for spending a, a few minutes with us. I, I really appreciate it, and uh, hopefully, uh, sooner than later, and as safe as humanly possible, we'll see you guys on stage again. It would be a pleasure to see you play. We'll see you out there taking pictures. Yeah.